Alrighty, beautiful people, welcome back to the Virtus Performance Podcast. Uh, we have a long-awaited guest, certainly, certainly in my world. Anna, welcome Thank to the podcast. You. It's an absolute pleasure to have you. Glad we uh, we finally got time to sit down in our busy lives. Schedule's been a bit weird. <sighs> yes, weird lately, not normal. Mm. Yeah, but hopefully we'll start get normal from here on out. Yeah, a rhythm is coming. Yeah, it definitely. But my world's a little bit weird everywhere at the moment, so yep. I'm waiting for that. It feels like it's happening this week. Perfect. The that's rhythm's what, that's, coming. That's what we want. That's what we want to find that rhythm. Um, first question for you. Uh-huh. What, what gets you out of bed in the morning? Me, out of bed. Um, a few days of week, my dogs get me out of bed. Love that. The walk, um, making sure they're healthy and happy. Just that look on their face when they're like, we're doing it, aren't we? We're doing it. <laughs> it's go time. Oh, this is the little wriggle they get in their body. Um, so, yeah, two, two dogs at our home. Names? Uh, so we've got Bjorn, who's who's our dog, and he's he's coming up three, but he's still got a very big puppy vibe. Yep. And then a slightly adopted dog, which is my partner's mum's dog. Her name's uh, Pace, and they nice. I think they're actually born on the same day, but wow. from completely different um, places. Very serendipitous. Yeah, great word. Yeah, so both of them out on the out on the turf. Gets me Brilliant. up. What, what breeds are they? Are they standard poodles? And one looks like a standard poodle with like what people would imagine a poodle to look like. Yep. So you know they stand about hip high, but she's very beautiful. And what I noticed today is she got washed and clipped and groomed the other day, and she's got like the poof at the front and the fluffy ears, and she looks like a show dog poodle. So essentially, looks like Tyler. Yeah, <laughs> but um, <laughs> she walks differently. When she's been groomed. So a little bit of swagger, she's a little bit of arm swing. Yeah, yeah, I love that. <laughs> and then Dibioni's pitch black, but he's just shaved down. Yeah. I shaved him last time for the first time and it was pretty funny because, you know, it's akin to shaving, or in my mind, it's akin to shaving a sheep. <laughs> and I thought I was doing really, really well, but then when I stepped back and <laughs> yeah. there was all this kind of... You were too close to the thing. You didn't get to see the whole picture. So much patchiness. And yep. by the time I was done, I was pretty proud of myself, but my partner was like, yeah, it was an honest day's work. Well done. I, was like, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that was like last time I shaved my head, I was like, I've done a good job. And then KP get home, well, what the fuck have you yeah. done to your fu- yourself? <laughs> yeah. But so that gets me up. Awesome. Of, um, oh, enjoying, which I hear you don't. Don't you like an alarm or coffee gets me up? No, no, no. It's it's just more of a gripe of like that being the answer and like not having any depth to it. But of course, the alarm gripe. and coffee, two of my favourite things in the morning. But um, but yeah, it's not actually coffee. I'm enjoying with the. I think this is the first year I felt older because when daylight savings <laughs> started pre-summer, yep. it hit me for six. I was like, normally this is the transition I like because yeah. the evenings are longer and da-da-da, but it honestly took me, it felt like a month or more yeah, well. to get used to this new cycle because I was so used to waking up early, walking the dogs, getting started, and now that daylight savings has gone back, I'm now waking up before my alarm again, and I, I like, I'm <laughs> loving that, <laughs> yep. so I'm sort of... I'm cruising into the seniors vibe. Yeah, I, I, that's a that's a vibe though. Like I think waking up before your alarm, I am hanging for that that part of my life where I'm not, you know, dragging myself out of bed because the alarm's you know pulling me out. So yeah. I love that. I do. I I really do quite like it as well. And it is 
thankfully a feeling of being awake and ready to get up rather than this uh like your body actually naturally waking you up so that's yeah what's it like i've known that for a few years brilliant yeah (laughs) it's sort of new for me as well in a way because my um my little ones she's nearly five now but she was she was a bit of a struggle with where she was sleeping for a long while so only just getting my bed back but you know, I think my health is the best it's been in a long while as well. Yeah, awesome. So that's representing some, some, Something in that. Sleep's good for you. Mm, <laughs> and my body is ready to do it and regenerate itself. It's got all the things it needs. So I'm really, yeah, I'm pretty pumped about that actually. I'm quite proud of. That's great. Proud of the last yeah, years of health awesome. journey. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. What's, um, do you, do you, is there part of you that misses the shared cuddles and and shared bed stuff or well, is it let's be honest it's not a hundred percent out so yeah. even last night she was reading books and snuggling and i went uh, i'm just here for this so yeah. we fell asleep together yeah. um but yeah it's when you do it's it's both ways when you do go to sleep with the bed by yourself and you're like oh yeah there's, there's that yeah. space it's amazing but there's like something it's almost like something missing yeah and she she gets really ripped off because when you put it to bed she tries to bargain with you to stay in bed. And I'm like, babe, I'm too big to sleep in this bed. It's really uncomfortable. <laughs> then she falls to sleep, wonderful, and you sneak out. And every morning that she goes to sleep in her bed, she comes back in and she's ripped off. She's like, you said you were going to sleep with me. <laughs> so then the way you wake up is like just someone pissed off with yeah. you, which is not a nice vibe. No. But, yeah, so, yeah, getting the bed backs, get bed backs really nice. So, mm. Right. It's not an all the time thing though. Yeah. Let's not be let's not stretch the truth. Yeah, it's a challenge. It's a challenge. But I'm glad you're uh, getting to the other side of things. Yeah, and I do wonder why we push so heavily for it. It's like I sleep with a companion and that helps me yeah. sleep. And like when I talk to a single friend and they're dating someone and they notice that when they're sleeping in the same bed they fall asleep better. Like yeah. there's it's weird that we <laughs> we have this thing. Of get to your bed, sleep by yourself. Yeah, and I think it's part of it's just part of its boundaries for us as well. Like mm. you know, you kind of don't want to you you want them to be able to sleep through the night and all those kind of things. And you know, for us, we could put the girls down at seven, mostly seven o'clock. <laughs> seven, plus. Yep. seven o'clock. That's the plan. Um, but yeah, and like so, we get our own time, so we get to take a breath and decompress a little bit yeah and the nights the nights that we don't get that i notice the next day or two Mm. pretty pretty rubbish which has been every night lately but um yeah i don't know it's it is an interesting kind of social it bleeds um, into your relationship Mm. a lot as well though right because then it's if you haven't had that quality time to reboot or debrief or connect it slowly does start seeping yes into other places Hundred percent, hundred percent. So yeah, it's just a balance. Just I think it's just kind of being aware of what you need when you need it, and yeah. which um, which levers you need to push and pull. Um, it's the perfect brush off from a very tired man oh, who mate. has no solution. There is no solution. <laughs> Every, just a balance. Yeah. Okay. Oh, you're you're a few years further down the track than I am. So any tips? Um. Uh, no, I feel like we would need more details of what's going on. <laughs> oh, there's so many things. Yeah, yeah, we need more details. I'm not going to brush over the no. top. That's so arrogant. <laughs> yeah. I, I love a, like a Hail Mary like bit of advice though. I think it's great. Like okay, with I'll with context, yeah, like knowing context. that you know, it's part of it, but it's like Hail Mary bit of advice. Hey, just do this. Yeah. I think um, I can just for some reason I had a flash of like 
maybe our parents' generation where they used to no it was probably a generation before where they used to put whiskey on yes. and stuff like yep. that like drugging your children's not great either. um oh there was a moment last night where it was a genuine <laughs> genuine chance i feel like it is there's so many moments where we get pushed a little further than we have the emotional tolerance tolerance or energy tolerance for mm. that we get more insight of what's going on for us then how do we reboot? And then it feels like we mentioned before the pearl and the turd. Like there's <laughs> yes. always in the turd moment, there's always a little pearl. Like when they do finally fall asleep and you feel you hear them breathing and just yep. taking that tiny pearl moment within the turd, knowing that it will end. Yes. And that that sound of you laying with them getting to sleep or whatever, it pr- won't last. I had, I had some advice the other day. There was something along the lines of like when you're in the when you're in the moment, when you're in the turd moment and things aren't going well and you've been pushed too far, just like close your eyes for a second and just imagine that you're eighty years old and you know, this is decades ago and you have the opportunity to come back to this moment, like yeah. how much you'd want that and how much you'd enjoy that. Yeah. Um I think respect in, pra- in practice feelings. a little bit different, but Yeah, I, I I get that. But that I guess what I come to is that does it actually help me in the moment? Or, you know, building the skill to do that takes a little yes. while. But I think um, I think the also being able to be really honest with where you're at at the mm. moment. So when you're yeah. feeling annoyed and you're feeling frustrated, and having an element of play or honesty in it, like if you can have that moment where you go, "I'm feeling really frustrated," and you yep. get to say to your kid, <laughs> "I'm going to need a cuddle because I can feel <laughs> yeah. this frustration in my body." And it's not helping you get to sleep and yeah. it's not helping like just being honest about Yes. I find that helps. It's just feelings. kind of just like voicing what you're feeling. And yeah. like Lucy especially, if you say, Luce, dad daddy's getting really sad, like like I'm getting I'm starting to get upset. Like like I need you to stop. She's like, Do you need a cuddle? <laughs> yeah, because they're really selfish humans, but they're really compassionate when they get the opportunity when that window 100%. opens. And it can that I think that's the dissolving of the turd where the pearl can <laughs> the pearl can shine yeah. yeah that tiny pearl but yeah i feel for you it's unique to the family it's unique to the scenario and i'll see if i've got like a gold piece of info <laughs> but i don't know i don't know if there is one i think it's just it's just keep showing up and do your best and enjoy the little things when they enjoy the little wins when they happen yeah and maybe some non-sleep deep rest protocols during mm. your day <laughs> Yeah, I uh, I did I did lay down and switch off for a little bit this morning. Um, all right, outside of after after coffee and, and things like that, what is your what does your normal day look like? What is, what what fills your world? My world. So my world's a part time world at the moment, which I committed to myself um, after really working a bit too much when my son, who's now ten, was born. My yep. life got unplanned, thrown back into a stressful work scenario. And when it came to being pregnant second time and ha- doing mat leave again for the second time, I was like, okay, what do I want it to look like this time? So my life is now um, part-time and that will be a bit of the vibe until my daughter's at school next year. So part of my week is hanging with her and doing awesome. school drop-off yep. and all that kind of stuff. And the other days are building my empire. Love that. Tell us about your empire. For those playing at home, what do you do? What, yeah, what, what do you do and why do you do it? 
I would do it. So my job title is an exercise physiologist, but the I think the purpose and thing that's really pulled me in the last five years, you know, you know, you have that key moment in your career where okay, that person, the way that person speak has changed my direction, or you know, that kind of thing. So the vibe pulled very heavily towards the mental health requirement of our job. Yep. And just being much more direct and clear about that. Yep. So acceptance and commitment therapy is a big part of the way I work with people. And it either comes in organically or it comes quite clearly from that first point of meeting someone. And then also offering those skills to groups of people or contexts of people that are driven to put the context of their health that goes around their whole life into play and the skills that I can offer to make that a reality. So that's definitely been a big shift in the way yeah. that I practice and along the way as well because I'm, what am I, 22 years into my career and I've worked across a lot of environments which I really love but in this environment, I, I don't know what it is about entrepreneurship but I keep getting pulled back and it's such a... It's not a hate relationship, but God, it's hard. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah. I was having this conversation with <clears throat> one of our members who um, is managing director and owns a bunch of different businesses. And it was it was a little bit surprising just the way he spoke about it, but we were just chatting how things going and stuff. And he goes like, mate, like it, it, this is hard. Like like these things that we're doing, they're difficult. They are. Like, they're not <laughs> easy. So like when, you know, because I guess because we're – the kind of people that want to do it, you tend to, when things aren't going as well as you want them to, you tend to beat yourself up a little bit and you kind of, I tend to sometimes, um, I'm pretty good at kind of going, yeah, things are fine because yeah, they're never as bad as we think they are and they're never as good as we think they are. Go around in that little little negative feedback loop of like, I'm not doing well enough, things aren't going, going as well as we want them to, we're not making enough progress, all these kind of things. Um, but he just said like, just take a breath and be kind to yourself and know that, you know, not a whole lot of people do this, do this and do it consistently and do it for a long time. And a long, long time, right. So, yeah, I think I've been entrepreneuring, not successfully, but <laughs> I've been doing it or building on that success for like... I think you've been doing it that success enough. For the whole, yeah, the whole time in yeah. some capacity. Like there's been periods where I've been hired by places, but when I look at it, it's always been there's been a undertone or something happening in the background that was always that way oriented but I feel what you said before this idea that like it's really hard and that I guess I'm really thankful that I have less of those overt negative loops but just Mm. pure frustration when you're putting in the effort (laughs) and it's not obvious but I have I've been finding some calm with that lately particularly around getting to know the community here because I've only been here in Mornington for five years pre-COVID for the people who don't like COVID movies. Um, So it feels like there's something going on at the moment where there's abundance and community in the air and that entrepreneurs are working harder than ever and there's more now and everyone's working really hard. There's more burnout in Australia. There's a stat at the moment. There's worldwide – I think I'm trying to remember the numbers. I'm not great with numbers. Um, I'll believe you, whatever number you say. Yeah, let's blow people away. Mm. Um, 
So in Australia, 62% of employees are burnt out compared to 48% um, internationally. Yeah, well. So with a highest rate of burnout and even within our C-suites, that's where it's sitting a little low, but still in the 60%. So I'm pretty confident with my memory with that. But it's, um, yeah, we work we work really hard, but I'm feeling this sense of abundance where it's nice to be deliberate and conscious but something's happening in the air at the yeah. moment where things are just you're doing the work and they might not the rewards are not popping up as you'd expect them but yeah. they're coming in through you know when grass grows through <laughs> like a crack of concrete <laughs> yeah yeah like, that's, a, that's a really cool analogy yeah that's the vibe i'm getting at the moment i, I definitely feel that like it like i feel like we like just from our perspective as a team as a collective like we're working as hard as ever but there's been times over the last few years during COVID, before COVID, where where you've kind of had that abundance of things coming to you and there's almost like that attraction mm. piece <clears throat> where it, it's underlined by hard work, but it's you know, you can't like that you can't control that aspect of it. All yeah. you can control is doing the work and, and you you know, it's the same as training in the gym or mm. or working towards a particular goal outside. It's it's the you're only you can be responsible for the work you put in. You can't be responsible responsible or um, take ownership of the results until you actually get them. Mm. And it just takes time, and you know everything takes longer and costs more than we wanted to. And sometimes you've just got to be in that season of putting in the work and mm. knowing that it'll pay you pay you back at some point. But yeah, you know, the lawn in front of you might not be growing, but you know <laughs> through the cracks in in the concrete, the the grass is coming up, and and mm. you'll be able to enjoy fruits of that labour at some stage it just might not look and almost never looks the way you want it to look or the way you thought it would look yeah oh, but yeah but definitely the the people you meet vibe at the moment is really energizing for me at the moment and yep. it's definitely why I've found myself here because the community is so strong what you've created over the last eight years is so amicable like it's it's very clear so it's I think that's really exciting to be part of it and yeah. I must apologise if I'm ever too pushy because I'm like, no, oh, what have you got I, me? No, I'm no, I, I've <laughs> loved it. Like it's, it's been a kind of a <clears throat> like a drawn out process of like getting to it know has. you and spending time because you've, you know, life's been happening, right? Like for us, yeah. for you guys, um, finally in your dream home, which is which is huge. Yeah, that's I was thinking about that a, a lot lately because, you know, having been away recently, yeah. Um, Working at La Trobe, there was this – it reminds me every time I get there because I go there yearly. I'm driving around in Bendigo doing my gig. <laughs> but for the first, like, week, it's I, my, I'm literally reconnecting synapses of where to drive. Yeah. And then here, again, completely different synaptic experience <laughs> yes. going on. And then new home, literally, yeah. moved in – a week ago yeah. yesterday. So that's massive. Like that's There's just such a big change. So much recalibration going on for me at the moment, but yeah. it, thankfully it's all feeling very energetic and in places that I want to be. So that feels really, really cool. Really Perfect. cool. Yeah. If you, this is a sucky question because there's so many different ways you can take it, but if you could distill your philosophies around exercise physiology and, and progress and movement and all of these kind of things, into a not necessarily a soundbite, but into a bit of a chat. Like, how would you um, articulate what it is you do and how how you or what you believe essentially? Uh, I guess 
it really is the holistic version of meet you where you're at. So, and I guess also the flip of that, which I'm quite proud of in the last few years, is understanding what that means for me working with someone as well. Yeah. So when I'm having a response to someone's, the way they're going about it, like what is, what's my response to them? So why am I having a body response to them feeling resistant to my idea or that kind of thing? So being able to truly flip the experience, like, you know, why, what have I got to change to help this person get to be where they need to be in this little moment compared to the person that will come in two hours? Um, That's... um, philosophically from my own point of view of what I can control that's helpful for people and certainly I guess not having a box set up for someone so truly being able to just meet someone where they're at as they walk in and being able to read like do we need you know is this the smoke rather than where the fire is (laughs) and you know what's what's really causing this is this a is this a neurological mental state thing that we need to work out before anything's going to change in your body? Like how do we actually prepare your whole system to move forward and being able to broach those kind of tricky, trickier conversations? So that's philosophically, I think it is a soundbite of, you know, meeting people where they're at. Yeah. Yeah. And being able to nurture. What's the, your process been like over the last few years to get to that headspace? Because I guess, you would say you probably had a different approach early on in your career? Yeah, for sure. It reminds me of the little thing you put on um, the grams the other day about, you know, that Tyler's moment where he was just yeah. like, fuck, <laughs> what did I do that for? Yeah. Um, I guess I feel quite lucky in my career because I've come from hospital environments and working across neuro in hospital environments. Yeah. But working in that space when I wasn't fully qualified, so I was in a space where I had to be an observer. So I was uh, my first was it my first job? One of my first jobs was a porter in a rehab um, hospital and a physio assistant. So I was doing a heap of cool shit beyond before my time around really amazing minds, but also you know, just me in my solo time going and picking up patients from their bed, chatting away with them, yep. picking them up, you know, managing time in that way was really, really cool. Um, so being able to be observant, very much working in that neuro world and getting that neuro crossover into Musk, that clarity has definitely been a pathway where I feel like that's a bit more of my superpower compared to just being truly musk yep um and then to be honest i think there was a couple of turning points where it was meeting mentors or idols in the space where they are they were just truly passionate about what they do so kathy dooley is an anatomist chiropractor and movement specialist over in the states so doing neurokinetic therapy work with her is mind-blowing and as a presenter also she was a big influence to my presenting stuff as well because she's what she brings to a room it might not suit everyone but it was inspiring to me just high energy thorough constant and really knowing that everyone that left the room left with something big um and then another big um, turning point for me was meeting 
and working with, and I studied with them over many years, um, Gary Ward from Anatomy Motion. Yep. And his sidekick, uh, Chris Sritherin, who he's hard to find. He's not on the internet anywhere. He's a bit of a... That sounds a like the dream. Stealth mode man. <laughs> um, but that was, I think, where I truly learned to think rather than live in a box of yep. formula-related stuff yep. so that when someone comes in and it looks a certain way but it's, it's not that, it's yep. how do I actually process and problem-solve this based on anatomy rather yeah. than being um, just putting someone in the same box or you've rolled your ankle so the answer is this. It's, like, oh. it's, it's pretty interesting, like I've felt it with com- conversations with you. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, that was definitely one of the big impacts Greg had on this place when he came in. And I think, And I think it – obviously it comes from that desire to continue to learn and continue to grow and develop. But it, I think it's just – it's almost just like time in the chair, time in the, mm. in the in the role that allows you to kind of go full circle multiple times where you kind of – it allows you to see the whole picture for what it is and know that there's going to be, you know, a million different potential reasons for – X, Y, and Z. Like, yeah. like I'd notice that. Notice that with um, some of the the in yeah, everyone has their value in different ways. But some of the newly graduated physios and things that we refer to and work with, that it's very much like, oh, it's a rolled ankle, so it, this is the protocol. This yeah. is just the way it yeah. is. <clears throat> and I think it's important to have systems and principles that you lean back on and rely on. But we are, you know, human body is a dynamic, complex system with millions of inputs every mo- every moment and we need to be able to adapt our our way of of coaching or teaching or or consulting to yeah to those it's a plethora of opportunities yeah and it really speaks to the journey of the practitioner right because i feel for this in as a lecturer and a tutor when mm. it took me a while because i was so excited for them to have that sort of bigger model where it was like, but they almost it took me a long while to get the idea that you've got to allow them to be in the box first yeah. to then to be able to break, break <laughs> yeah. it open. And then even coming from uni to on the floor and working with people where you've got square wheels and intuition and that sense that you get from something is just from years of treading the treading the I don't know that's not even an analogy but you know doing yeah. from doing the thing and then yep. yeah I remember reading it the as a it was a basically a how to become a practitioner it's this huge book and there was just this beautiful little bit in it where it was talking about how thought processes for practitioners change and that we get to a point where we have you know the round wheels and we're cruising along yeah but there will be complex things where you know where we gather around together and go, "What the hell's going on here? I can't see it." Yeah. And we go back to square wheels, and that's important that you do kind of swing back and forth because you, if you're living in a place where you know all the time, then you've lost your curiosity and you're not meeting that person where they're at. Yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure, for sure. Like, do you have a a I mean a system in your head or a, a process you follow if you see someone for the first time? Obviously. The big, the first part is just sitting, listening, and hearing what where they're at and what they have to say. But um, do you have like a almost like a mind map in your head where you kind of go, all right, well, this, and we f- you follow the process that way, or is it more of 
Yeah. Well, I guess uh, so when I first meet someone, it's going to be just through that dynamic psychosocial. So I'm hearing about like everything in life, what's influencing everything. But from that physical point of view, we literally go, okay, so let's think about the body and we literally go, okay, what's happened at your foot? What's happened? And we go all the way through and go, what has influenced your every footprint you're putting onto the ground and then you and but it's not that like this magic guy where it's like oh this cup cup came first this one this one this Mm. one this one it's like no it's the balls being moved and this happened fifth but it's having the biggest impact on your body's ability to adapt so it's like figuring out the in that the body needs to create that adjustment for sure and that's yeah literally hearing about them also what they understand of what's happened because you would know this in and out as well that it often when you sit down with someone and you go okay you've got a bulge disc or you've you've had cancer and you know with that surgery has done this but what's actually happened that's often the first time they've sat and had a conversation about Mm -hmm. the reality what's happened in their anatomy and I think that's um that's a big in as well, creating a little bit of peace or where they're interested in working on as yeah. well because it will often come, okay, I've, I've got an instinct for here and here and here. These are the ways we could do it. Yeah. Where do you want to focus? And they've, they've got a vibe for what's, what yeah. they need the most. And they, yeah, and, that, and I think that's really important as a, for all new coaches, new practitioners, is you kind of that meeting your, your client or your patient where, where they're at Sometimes they'll come in and, and you know, it might be a might be an ankle issue and they just want their ankle treated, whereas you you're kind of coming from a space of, well, it's probably like that's not the cause. We need to we need to treat something else. How do you reconcile with that like knowing so much and having so much experience versus the they just want their thing treated? Yeah. And I guess that's the thing when you do you can scare someone away quickly yeah. when you're like, uh, so it was my ankle, why are you yeah. playing with my clavicle? Yes. I think for some people you can just go, okay, we're going to work in these two places because mm-hmm. they're influencing. But there's um, there's definitely tricks we can do where you get immediate feedback yeah. from the body that, oh, that, that feels, feels different yeah. when we can address or reposition something in, an, in another area. And it's, yeah, it's a little bit like, it reminds me of almost like you know, this is a bit of a random connection, but in Parkinson's, where the research and the movement stuff that they're doing in that now is huge leap. And one yep. of the buy-ins they do with how we can tap into the brain and influence movement quicker is like intention, and you know, get you to reach the ceiling. Now I want you to try and push the ceiling off, and that when we bring intention into it, what we create in the input processing idea creates change in movement. So. Yep. This idea that if we can connect the two meaningful parts that don't make logical sense, yes. even though we all yeah. sang, you know, the <laughs> knee bones connected yeah. to the, you yeah. know, we yeah, all did that. Yeah, that's true. But yeah, it, yeah, it takes. You it, almost like give them the, the capacity or the tool to be able to think outside their box let's initially. Get interested, yeah. yeah. And I think that's the buy in that we really want because for people to do, some people are like this percentage of people are interested in doing their rehab and then for the rest of them we've got to do a little dance and we've got to figure out the buy-in what's your values where's your where's your hard points what have we got to do to make this 
you not be in this position in a year's time? Yeah, like, what does that look like? Yeah, I read a, read an article the other day from one of my mentors over in the US, and he it was essentially like, just make sure we're not putting the cart before the horse. Make sure that when someone comes in and they want, like most people come in here because they want training, right? They want to get fitter. They want to get stronger. They want to be better at their sport. They want to lose weight, whatever it is. And they can come in and, and you can kind of be like, all right, are you sleeping? Are you, are you drinking your water? Are you hydrate? Are you um, having good nutrition? And if they're not doing those three things, kind of the training doesn't necessarily matter. And mm. you kind of need to f- bring the bring the horse to the front and go, all right, let's nail those things first. As we build in all of these other things, I can imagine your process is probably pretty similar to yeah. that. Yeah, and I guess if we could expand on the analogy, because I love a metaphor analogy, it's like you've got to train the horse to pull the cart as well. Mm. So we've yeah. got to have insight of why when my day gets bad, bad yeah. why do I devalue the things that I would sit in front of yeah. a mate and say that <laughs> I value? Yeah. Like where do I bullshit myself? Mm through just living in autopilot life. And that's where I like to dig. It's like, okay, you say this, but then you've also said this and I don't yeah. – that's such a conflict. There's something in the middle here that we're not being honest to ourselves about. Like what yeah. are the hard conversations we need to have? Because every yeah. no, everyone knows you should be hydrated. It, it, but it's, it's – like I find it fascinating because like I think it was yesterday or two days ago, I was like far out. Like it was like four o'clock and I was about to go to footy training. I hadn't drank it. I, I hadn't – actively drank any water that day and I was just like such a fucking idiot like this is my essentially my job it's harsh <laughs> like I, but I don't know I, I respond well to that like what are you doing like it's just this really simple simple thing and like do you have any um any ways that you help people figure out like what's right in front of them the simple things that they need to be doing because yeah like everyone ev- everywhere knows that we need to move often we need to drink drink plenty of water we need to eat well we need to you know, get plenty of sleep however our actions tend to mm. tend to you know show us the opposite is true yeah i think we've there's definitely a few little sort of sit down processes that i find are really really powerful there's one called the choice point and it's just essentially about getting into your metacognition so into your thought processes into the the things that we do without being conscious or deliberate. Yeah. So we say we want X in this amount of time or we say we want better performance or optimization or whatever it is. But when we come down to the crux of what drives, you know, our first thoughts and our second thoughts, you know, that speed of processing and go, okay, like here's the scenario. This is what you want. What are the things that take you away what do they sound like in your head what do they sound like to other people the excuses and stuff that you say often that just don't actually make you feel proud or impressed by yourself at any point and you know what's and then what are the actions that we do like there's and then it's just really cool to then go okay what are the towards moves yeah but i find the towards moves are conceptually we can always think of the logical things but when it comes to actually just being kinder to ourselves like not calling (laughs) ourselves a fuckhead um like what uh like is that does that get me to where i want to be like what is the value in in that for me if i was talking to someone in a friendly way and expecting them to be compliant and helpful would that be something that i say to them so why Am I saying yeah, that shit to I myself? I reckon it helps me. I reckon if I said it to Tyler, it'd help him too. 
<laughs> I, don't, I wonder if there's a gender thing because I used yeah. one of my early training partners was male, and he he says <coughs> that as well. I, yeah. I need to have a conversation with him now because I think we would joke in that yeah. way. So maybe it's if it's jovial. Yeah. If there's and, a tone and like of, like there's a laugh like there's a laugh that comes to it, especially when I say okay. it to myself. So that's gonna. Be, I think that's the point of difference. Whereas I think there are other people yeah. that the, truly yeah. say. You fucking idiot. Yeah, and, and, and go that through has, that negative spiral. They yeah. have hate inside yeah. what they're saying to themselves. I have nothing themselves. but love for myself. Yeah, okay, well then we're clearer. <laughs> we're much clearer. Um, so I feel like there's that. But I think the the key thing, like that whole this whole thing, this is just you know touching on the top of one of mm. my most favourite tools. But to go as an aside, one of the things we do is how about we just observe ourselves and how often yeah. we do these things. And in those moments, if we're just an observer – and we're observing without judgment, yep. what capacity do I have to do something slightly different than what I've done yep. at other times? So I think it really opens us up to not actually having to, you know, do a thing or drink two litres of water or blah, 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 blah. Yep. But when, when we just pause and go, okay, I'm doing that thing where I shove in a phone call or I shove in an extra email, yep. I've... I give in to the urge of doing the thing that I said I wasn't go- going to do. But when we have those moments and go, oh, I'm doing it again, and just take two seconds to say, okay, body, what do we need right now? Oh, wow, we haven't eaten two hours yeah. since we were meant to. <laughs> yeah. We're really hungry. Yeah. And I just, I'm pissed off at my colleague because they're talking loudly through the wall. This isn't me. Yeah. Like what? what's the stuff that's shaping my day? It's such a powerful question to ourselves. It's like, what do you really need right now? And yeah. and actually give yourself the space to cultivate that awareness, to re- to figure it out. Yeah, with things as they are, what needs to be done, like in, in that moment. Because you're right, we're, we're on autopilot for majority of the day, whether it be at work or driving or, yeah. or you know, even training at some points. Um, we tend to get stuck in the same pattern where we're, we're just mm. you know, repeating actions and and it doesn't allow us the opportunity to to stop and breathe and mm. you know things like meditation or journaling or even just conversation that's different it's really hard for, i think that our autopilot is jacked up a little higher from a just a collective idea that we're going fast and it is mm. literally really hard to drop gears so it's it takes so i think involved in that is this urge that i should be doing more Yep. And resisting that urge is really tricky. How much? How much do you think that leads into the the sixty two percent burnout you were talking about before? I think a lot, and I think our identities are so heavily aligned with work. Like often when we talk about who we are, it's aligned with work, and that I guess that our performance is always around work. But I think when we sit back and we look at people that we idolise, they've actually got an understanding of their performance in their whole life, not yeah. just at work. Definitely. And that our identities get carried really heavily there. I had a beautiful moment with a client yesterday and I caught up the week before, you know, same as always, solid plan, all good. You know, we, we write good programs. Yep. This is what we do. <laughs> But then it's that's not what the crux is, and she'd come back, and she was apologetic because she'd done none of the stuff. So it was like, great, the door's open to do this work now. Yeah. And we came down to it, and we're working, and we're just nailing things down. I said, you know, what would your work colleagues 
describe as your highest quality character, you know, anything there. And it came down to integrity. And then we had a bit yeah. of a hard conversation. I'm like, so what? how are you acting in integrity towards your health now? If that's one of your yeah. easiest skills yeah. in your work environment and that other people can depend on you on, when we move it over here, are you being dependable in integrity around your own health? Yeah. And she's dealing with something that could be debilitating, like perfectionist personality with a potential for chronic pain, like it's an acute disc that's only two or three weeks old. Yeah. So this this pathway could go into a really tricky place. Yeah. So when we sat with what does it look like when I act in integrity, and then I think I find that that when we nail down the hard part where I'm moving away from what's truly in my character, I think we have that's where there's resistance as well. I think that's a bit of the agitation that we bring to life is when we've moved away from that character of what we know and being pulled by something else. It's so helpful to have someone like you to remind, (coughs) pardon me, struggling today, um, to remind you to pull yourself back to like, who do you want? Like we've got it written on the wall downstairs is like decide the person you want to be Yeah. and prove it to yourself every day. Like there's two sides of it. Like you have to, you know, once you've done the work one day, you can't just not do it the next day and the next day. You've got to keep showing up and keep doing the work. Yeah, and definitely credit to people because when we say, when we nailing down the, the maybe the one small thing that I can focus on and it might not feel big enough because I'm not, you know, you know, rubbing shoulders with Obama or something, <laughs> but it's like what's this one small achievable thing that's going to have a ripple effect yep. that I can focus on and it is achievable because we're ultimately talking about creating new synaptic pathways in yeah. the brain. That's no small feat. So yeah. when we go in too hard or we judge ourselves too heavily, we can see where we take ourselves off our horse and cart really quickly. <laughs> yeah. And that, yeah, I think, you know, bring it in full circle. That's where we've really, this is us training the horse to carry the cart. Yeah. And we've got to be gentle to ourselves in that yeah. way. And Gentle enough to know that you've got to show up every day or contribute in some way every day yeah um like i love just love the concept of compound interest like whether it be health wealth mm. relationships is you know there's like think of like i like using the example with our members like think of your oldest friendships like how many little conversations and little contributions you guys made to each other yeah, to, nice. cr- to create that that friendship and most people you know getting to a little bit older now have those friendships they've had for a decade or two that you could go a year or two without speaking to that person, but because you've done all the work in the in the previous decade, it doesn't matter too much. You could, you know, like I, I'm, I'd love to see them a little bit more, but I've got friends that I don't speak to very often and we catch up a year on and nothing's changed. And I love that. And I, I think, think we can do the same thing from a health perspective. And Yeah, I think we're on another analogy here. I'm excited mm. about it. <laughs> but it speaks to the genuine nature of your character too, right? And that, yeah, I love that little, I think, yeah, we're definitely on a new analogy yeah. where it's like, well, if I actually treat my health as a friend, yeah. what would I do to them? Yes. And then that's like, actually, I'm a bit of a shit friend. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But you go through, but we go through these, um, through these chapters or seasons where we lean too hard towards one thing. Like I love another analogy for you. I love the pendulum analogy is like we will swing too hard towards work and then we'll kind of create some awareness and go oh, I'm, I'm working too hard I'm spending too much time and then you'll kind of swing back and you'll go I need to spend more time at home so you do that and then you're kind of like oh, I, need to, I need to spend some more time at work and I think as we get older ideally 
that pendulum doesn't swing as far back and forward. We're just kind of like shifting, like making little changes. Yeah, we ultimately out. want it to be in the middle. It's yeah. like, um, yeah, it's, yeah, it, that, yeah, the pendulum is a fun one, right? Because mm. it's, we really are, I guess, being clear on what it looks like when I can create rock solid boundaries yeah. so that, and that's what creates this, the less of the swing yeah. in the pendulum. I think within that as well, being realistic and auditing life where we've we've got cycles in our life where they're predictable. Mm. So when we go, okay, I'm coming up to the end of a quarter or for students, for example, yep. a lot of the Exams crew that I work with, yeah, are in high school and their, their Olympics is getting through that exam period. So we need to periodize and have reality that, yeah. okay, you're you're not doing a footy final, you're doing exams yeah. and our exercise and how we're bouncing around this needs to, like it needs to ebb and flow so there's room for everyone in that same thing. But yeah. And that comes down to rock solid boundaries, which is hard. In yeah. And knowing what, knowing what you need, being able to, mm. to articulate to yourself and to everyone else what you need. And, but then also what your family needs, right? Like you've gone through that shift of working to mm. family um, because you've identified that that's what your family needs. Yeah. Um, and you, that's probably what you needed to a point. Yeah, I think that was just thinking back to one of the things you asked before. It's I think what's defined me to be where I am now as a practitioner, that was a big thing is because when I hit rock bottom in my family dynamics when I was under a heap of pressure at work, pressure yeah. that I had created yeah. because <laughs> I was learning how yeah. to be an entrepreneur and I, in theory I will never make those mistakes again, but yeah. I, it was a, I had to get to rock bottom and – Thankfully, that's where the grass grew through the concrete yeah. again and some of the things that I learnt from there shaping me so strongly as a practitioner now and I wouldn't change them. But yeah. thankfully, I still had a family to come to at the <laughs> yeah. end of it. Yeah, but there's absolutely no like substitute for that experience and no. to go through it. Like the, the value now lies in you being able to teach your students and, and teach your clients about those lessons without them having to go through it. Like even just a really simple visceral example, um, I've done a few hamstrings playing football um, and one of the boys um, is like phase two into his rehab and like I was like, mate, slow, like, slow down, just back it off. Like I know you're keen to get back, but I've been there, you know, and he kind of joked, he's like, oh, I've got to figure this stuff out for myself. I'm like, yeah, sure, but if I can save you six weeks, yeah. <laughs> six weeks by... Uh, explaining to you my experience and the 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 uh, problems that I had to go through and the solutions that I've realised afterwards, like isn't that what you want? He's like, yeah, yeah, I know that's what I want. So you know, we went for a lap, a couple of laps, and chatted about it, and it's kind of like you know, just like essentially it was just be patient, just yeah, just yeah. know that it's probably going to take a week or two longer than you want it to, but it, you know that slowdown allows you to go faster, faster later. He's lucky to have had you. Hopefully, hopefully it sinks well, in the urge yeah. to just well, push think, more because yeah. my identity says I should be somewhere else other yeah. than just being kind to our bodies. For and sure. that's the weird thing about rehab, right, especially with fatigue-related stuff and cancer fatigues and things like that mm. is sometimes you don't know until you push a yeah. little bit further. <clears throat> Yeah. So there's, yeah. And there's a balance between wanting to experience it yourself and, and wanting to learn from others' experience. Like there's some things you've just got to deal with. You've just got to go through yourself. Mm. Um, but it does help to 
you know, put the ego aside for a second and listen to what other people who have said it have to say and whether it be you know, other business owners or other parents or mm. um, other athletes, like just listen to the examples that the people around you and the experiences people around you have had because even if you <laughs> even if you don't like it, there's probably a little little nuggets of yeah. of gold to, to pull from it so that you can then make the best decision um, and do the things that you said you would do. Yeah, and it's funny too, right, because in sports and in like athletic pursuits, there's such high highs and low lows and that it's hard to create composure in the middle. It reminds me of one of my mentors, but this this um, proverb that I'm trying to remember, and it's like, oh, God, I could bore some people here. <laughs> I'll try and summarise it, but it was essentially a, a farmer and uh, he something happens. Yep. And the townspeople come and they go, oh, we heard about this. And he's like, oh, it's fine. It's yep. not good nor bad. And then there's a flow on from that. And they're like, oh, my God, are you okay? And he's like, "It's no, it's fine. It's not good nor bad. Yeah. And I'll learn it and maybe next time we can go up properly. I, but could, I could have a crack for you. I think I know the one you're talking about. Yeah, and yeah. it's so just – a farmer in his village and, and yeah. he's working with his son. Yes, and go. And, and, um, and the, the – Okay, the, the cart, yeah. So the so the cart that the horse is pulling bra- breaks. <laughs> I, I thought I'd link that back. Um, and his son goes, "Oh no, Dad, that's the worst." And he goes, "Maybe, maybe." And then he's and then his son has to do 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 more work to pull the cart. So he yeah. breaks and he breaks his leg. And he goes, "Oh, this is like." And these the village people say, "Oh, that's that's so bad. You don't have your son to help you on the farm anymore." And he goes, "Yeah, maybe." And then. Um, the army come into town and they're conscript, conscript, conscripting um, new soldiers, and but his son can't go. He's too old, and his son can't go because um, because he's broken his leg. And the townspeople rejoice and go, "That's amazing! That's wonderful! Your son's going to be okay, and he doesn't have to go to war." Um, and he goes, "Maybe." And essentially, it's just the things are not ne- not necessarily good or bad. They are. They just are. Yeah. And we get to decide. I, I like. I like the idea of that. We get to decide how we respond to things. And the next thing that happens is it's actually a good or a positive thing and yep. it would not have happened yep. without that path. But exactly. if I'm killing myself with it's good or bad and yep. then reshaping my life when it's, you know, I don't know what the ramifications are going to yep. be of this. Some are predictable, some aren't. But if I'm just kind of patient in what I can mm. observe and learn from it. And I think that's a really tricky thing from the rehab and the athlete point of view is I don't, but it definitely reminds me of one of the greatest lessons that I learned early, really early on from a stroke patient is, and from her own words, she, what did she say? She was a uh, corporate and stroke back in, we were in rehab, a lot of gate rehab based stuff. And she was saying, I'm a better person now than I was before. Yeah. I was a real asshole before. Yeah. And because of the stroke, I can see the world differently, and I'm thankful for my life. That's such a that's such a visceral like example, right? It's not, and it's not what we expect. We, you know, we off. Oh my gosh, and da da da. You want this life back, but it was just it was really cool for me to have met her so early in my career yeah. and gone ah. Yeah. And then, luckily enough, another spinal patient who had family was struggling for him to get things back, but he was actually like. I'm okay. This new life is okay yeah. for me, and he was more at peace with it. And it was There's the power, biggest power challenge. In that acceptance and that capacity to kind of go, this is my reality. Like, how can I make the best of it? Yeah. What What does life look like now? And yeah, just meeting those people along the way have been 
really powerful. And I guess that's ultimately what through the acceptance and commitment therapy thing is that I'm trying to facilitate for other people that are stuck stuck or struggling in places. I think that's yep. why I love it so much. Yeah. And yeah. We all, I guess we all, we all had a, we've all been through the last three years of a real life example of mm. when things don't go the way you want, there's two ways of, two ways of dealing with it. And ultimately like, like we are a stronger, more resilient, more robust business now than we were pre COVID. Mm. And would we be would we have have the experiences and would we have the capacity to do the things we can do now before or if that never happened we wouldn't so so you know am i grateful for covid yeah essentially because you know that's our reality that that was what happened and we have the capacity now to go all right here's what we learned from it here's what we're implementing and here's what the world looks like now yeah um, it's ultimately just like saying i'm I'm grateful for life, however it comes. I can deal. Yeah. I can deal. Amor fati, love of fate. I love that. I love <laughs> so it. close to just saying I'm all farty though. I'm all farty. I have been <laughs> farty lately. Um, yeah, awesome. Well, let's um, let's uh, we could talk for hours, I'm sure, but let's wrap this up a little bit. Um, what? How can people come and see you? Um, where are you treating at the moment? What is your week? What yeah? What does your week look like now that it's getting back into a rhythm? Back into a rhythm. So, um, looking forward to meeting new people on Tuesdays and Thursdays here at Virtus for kind of clinic work or sorry, body work or mind work. Yep. Um, from speaking, that's just stuff that comes up with around people understanding their bodies or. Um, into that kind of more, more mindset-based stuff and that is building and growing so that just happens by conversation at the moment if mm. anyone wants to chat. Um, what else? I'm in the city uh, in a clinic in Northcote in uh, an osteo clinic there which is – that's kind of cool. I've, I treat solo there but I also co-treat with an uh, osteo there which is – very cool and awesome. powerful. Um, so it's just a bit of a jump for people who happen to be in that area and want to give it a go. You literally have four hands on you at, at once. That's but cool. Yeah. I, That'd so be an experience as a, so as a patient. So excited. It's literally the the whole kind of neuro experience, the input out. So she's moving structures. I'm implementing what I can see I want to do with her on the table as like guided movement and then we just invite the motor centre to be part of it with movement in the yeah, end. Awesome. It's like, a, yeah, we're excited. It's a bit of a pilot thing at the moment, but that's... Um, Sounds super cool. Yeah, that's really cool. And, yeah, I've really... She's an amazing mind as well. Um, so that, that, that... What else do I do? Oh, you're a mum. Oh, mum. No one needs me walker. for that, though. <laughs> <laughs> but that's... Yeah, that's life at the moment. That, um, You've got a bunch of courses and... and um, yeah, Things yeah. Like so I've got um, the perimenopause course. So that looks at um, what changes in our physiology in perimenopause and what can be tricky and then therefore our mindset changes and physiological changes where our training needs to change with that as well. Yeah. Um, and also a, a burnout-based um, one that is sort of leaning into effectively what saved me when I was absolutely bottomed out was um, getting more in touch in touch with how to train with the immune system and um, hormone cycles. Yep. So that's um, that's a bit of a passion piece. And, yeah, of course, my yep, my other courses, which are in 
mindset or masterclass based stuff awesome for corporates I'll, uh, and things. I'll post all of the websites and yeah and things but what is your website and what is your insta handle just Inst- for anyone that wants to jump straight on now yeah insta's anna.movement so that's u double n a and my website's anamovement.com perfect yeah thanks thanks, Lockie. Co- thanks for coming on and the most comfortable chair in the world they, mate i could <laughs> nap right now <laughs> Have a good day.